Welcome to Reboot for Connection, the podcast dedicated to understanding connection at work. This is where we talk to leaders, communications professionals, and other subject matter experts about how organizations are now intentional about designing for connection in the workplace. Real connection to people, mission, and the work itself. We explore what can be achieved when this is approached as a strategic initiative. My name is Jürgen Abo, and this podcast is brought to you by ScreenCloud. Now, let's get into the good stuff. Giving is a key part of leadership in my book. And today we're talking to someone with a really interesting perspective on giving in the context of business. He's a part of Founders Pledge, and he's here to tell us about effective altruism. Welcome, Philip Kasumo. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, man. This is going to be such an awesome conversation. Um, for those who aren't super familiar with Founders Pledge, can you give us just a quick overview of um, how it works and, um, and the impact that you guys are having and seeking to have? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. So, yeah, so, yeah, my name is Philip Kasumu. I, I head up growth for Founders Pledge across Europe and parts of the East Coast um, states. Um, and yeah, so Founder Pledge is a community of entrepreneurs who have kind of banded together to kind of figure out how they can do the most good with their future wealth. Um, so how it works is we have entrepreneurs and founders join our community by signing a pledge. Um, and a pledge ultimately is a commitment to doing good, giving a percentage of their personal proceeds after a liquidity event to high charities that we recommend. Um, and to date, you know, it's been, you know, started over five years ago by our founder, David Goldberg. Um, and we have to date over 1500 members in 36 different countries and just under $3 billion in pledges. Um, and so far we've deployed just over $400 million of that, um, to charities all across the world. Man, that's brilliant. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. So I imagine you were naturally drawn to it. Was there a particular part of this other than the fact that it's generally so special that really got you involved? Yeah. So kind of like my background, I, I had a, a, a stint at entrepreneurship myself um, as a tech founder. Uh, so I founded a few kind of health and wellness technology companies, both in the UK and in the, in the States, in New York. Um, and after moving back to the UK, um, I kind of decided that I would love to be involved while taking a step away from entrepreneurship, kind of still involved in the ecosystem. So how could I be involved in the ecosystem without actually building a product? Um, so that looked like either joining a startup or joining VC. Um, never thought about <laughs> joining third sector at this stage, but um, Founders Pledge was kind of like perfectly aligned with where I was uh, personally um, and the mission um, and where they sit within the ecosystem was quite interesting. So I thought, you know, let's give it a shot. Um, and it's been great ever since. Hey, so we realized that giving can mean a lot, right? And um, we probably all have different views on what giving is and what it should be. But I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about effective alt altruism, what that's all about. And um, I, I understand that it's about getting even more rational about giving. Can you explain to us what all that really encompasses? Yeah, totally. Um, so it's not about being rational for the sake of being rational, right? It's about making sure that we're gonna do good on the good that we're going to do that we intended. Um, so we want to make sure that the benefit of giving uh, is the best that we can do. 
Um, so why not do the best you can do if you're going to give? Um, and that's basically what effective altruism is. It's about giving and taking your giving as seriously as you take your education, for example, or your kids' education, or you know, your health, for example. It's like, how intentional are you with those things? And can you be as intentional with your philanthropy as well? Um, because sometimes people give, um, and it's a, you know, it's a kind of a feel-good exercise, which it should be, um, you're giving without any intention of receiving, um, but people tend to not follow through and kind of like do the due diligence um, and measure kind of like ROI, for lack of a better term, on their giving. Um, so it's about using tools of evidence and, and solid reasoning to help others do the best uh, that we can do. Um, and it's important to also bear in mind the big differences between the most you can do and the least effective way of giving as well. Yeah, that's really powerful and helpful. So we think a lot about connection, right? This is, um, this is what we're up to here, understanding how companies can create stronger connections inside. And it certainly occurs to me that this idea of giving, you know, obviously maps to values, et cetera. And, you know, a founder's pledge might be a little bit specific in that it's the founder signing up, et cetera. But do you have a take on the role of giving inside companies, um, not just for the sake of giving, but also for the sake of creating connection? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot, even from the last time that we spoke um, and, you know, spoke with a few members of the team, because obviously, it's, you know, giving like companies giving is not something that we focus on as an organization. We're very much focused on the individual and the, the entrepreneur or early employees of tech companies um, or investors, for example. Um, but I guess in terms of like giving, I think it's just, you know, I, I, I thought about it and I thought, you know, creating connections based on giving as an organization is really based to a company's mission, right? It's the same reason why you join any organization. It's like, do I get behind the mission, the company's objective, how they make money? Uh, can I get behind the team that I'm going to be joining? You know, because you're going to be spending a lot of your time at this place, right? Um, so I think, you know, the reason why you join an organization, as opposed to like, you know, salary and everything else that comes with it is because you believe in this company, you believe in this founder. So I think if you can even drill down even further within an organization in terms of, okay, what do we care about internally? Um, and if you want to foster more authentic relationships internally, banding together around a common mission, such as charity, can definitely foster more connection. Because it's kind of a, a way from your day-to-day. -day. If you're not just giving like time, for example, if you're going to give actual resources and capital, um, banding together, having almost like a committee type style um, initiative can definitely help foster more connections and you can see where people stand you know you can see their political stance whether that's a good thing or a bad thing um, and you can just understand a bit about an individual and, and understand them more deeply as opposed to like just what they do at work and that does bring up an interesting point right um, I imagine there are some folks that want to be private about what they give to and all that so there is a balancing act there but I imagine that the founder, you know, founder slash leadership sets the tone on this, right? And then the company figures out what they're going to do relative to their mission. And then it, from there, you know, you find the ways for the employees to participate and the degrees to which they would want to be, you know, active and open, et cetera. And you, some, so much about connection is just about creating the opportunity for connection, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to dictating. Yeah, 
yeah, it's like another form of um, a, a social, right? Like we could go out for a drink, we could do this, but this is like another strand to adding to a company's social activity internally. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's like, it's like another another way to kind of create community internally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so one thing I'm curious to get your take on is this idea of giving with a mission and giving with purpose and the tricky balance that, you know, companies have to strike when it comes to, you know, what a founder might be passionate about personally, what they think might seem good. You know, sometimes this stuff, it's not that it necessarily goes wrong, but it can go wrong. And there are some pitfalls, right? Um, Not to, not to talk about people who aren't doing the right thing, but I imagine that you guys have a take on, what to avoid. Can you share a little bit about that to really help leaders figure out how to navigate this? So it's, it, again, it's, it's, it's a tricky one because, you know, should an organization that's not a nonprofit have the leader decide on what the cause area is that we focus on and, and what's that based on? Is it based on evidence? Is it based on just what he feels? You know, there's all types of conversations that could be had about that. Um, should he give it to the team to see if what they come back with um, or if they're going to use I guess the the EA approach the, um, the, the effective altruism approach or our approach which is where are the biggest cause areas that need the most attention and where can we have the most impact and if we're truly focused on impact then we should be looking at what areas need the most attention what areas are the most neglected and could our donation, could our time, our resources make a true difference? I think as an organization, that should be where the conversation starts. Um, And that's a good way as well to ensure that it's not one person's idea, whether it be the founder or a a team member who has a strong opinion, decides where the the team focus their energies. Um, I think if we're, as an organization, thinking about, okay, we want to make a difference. We need to figure out, it's almost like reverse engineering the problem, right? It's like, we okay we know we're going to give we know we're going to allocate these resources where should it go what do we care about what we're actually going to be measuring and are we going to make a true difference i think that's how organizations should be thinking about that yeah admittedly i don't have a lot of data on this but my gut feeling tells me that a lot of giving is done based on you know somebody having a thing that they're passionate about and there's nothing wrong with that right like you know i'm I'm, I'm passionate about dogs, right? Like I might be tempted to give to a dog shelter or something right, like, like that, right? Like an animal shelter. And absolutely never anything wrong with that. But taking the other approach and saying, oh, okay, if I actually am highly intentional about giving and I truly want to make an impact, then I want to optimize the giving too, right? It goes beyond just the feeling part and more into I actually truly want to see if I can do some good in this world at the highest scale, like, or in, in more dollars and cents terms, right? Like I want to see how far my dollar can go on this stuff. Yeah. Um, is that, is it fair to say that that's kind of the, the, the flag that you guys are carrying, so to speak? Absolutely. Um, and you know, it goes into the kind of cause areas that we focus on. Um, you know, that plays a big part in that, you know, we choose cause areas based on where we feel based on data and research needs the attention and then within that it's okay what's the solution for solving this 
huge complex problem, whether it be climate change, animal welfare, uh, poverty. And then it's like, okay, who's doing the best work in these spaces where we know if we gave money, do they have the infrastructure? Is it a neglected area? Do they have, do they not get the same amount of attention as like a bigger charity might get? So we know we're going to have an impact. This million dollars is going to mean way more here than it does, you know, somewhere else, for example. Yeah. You know, I've heard your, your founder speak about Tom's before. Yeah. And it was really impactful because I had completely been ignorant, naive to what was really going on there without saying anything bad about Tom's. I think there's plenty of great things to say about it. Would you be comfortable sharing a little bit about what, um, what your founder has talked about around that and the learnings from, from the Tom's case? Yeah, yeah. Tom's is a really, and even when I first heard the story, I was a bit blown away because I'm sure at one point I bought a pair of Tom's as well. <laughs> um, so the marketing definitely worked. But I think, yeah, so with Tom, so Tom's shoes, for those who are not familiar with it, it was a concept of, you know, buy one pair of shoes and then donate another pair of shoes will be donated by the company to um, impoverished communities, um, to improve, I guess, poverty and, and foot health for those in, in other countries. Um, so then what Tom shoes, and to be fair, it was Tom shoes who actually commissioned the research into the effectiveness of their own, um, their own kind of like, social enterprise um, to see what was what has been the effect over the last 10 years on this um, initiative that they've been pushing. Buy a pair of shoes or another pair of shoes goes somewhere else. So what they found was over 10 years that they donated nearly 60 million pairs of shoes, which is an incredible amount of shoes. Um, and then they've done a study on a town um, or in El Salvador. Um, and what they found was based on the work they have done, one, it did not improve, there was no data to support that actually improved overall, overall foot health. Uh, there was no data to prove that it um, actually made a difference like economically to the town, actually damaged local economies because shoemakers were not making sales based on the fact that people were getting free shoes. Um, turns out if you're poor, you can't eat shoes. So you might give a poor person a pair of shoes, but that still does not solve their problem of, you know, where am I going to eat? Where am I going to live? Like food, shelter, etc. Um, and those are kind of like the main three areas that they found that actually this initiative wasn't as impactful as they would have hoped to. Yeah. Um, they also found that it was actually quite damaging um, on the on the on the locals in terms of them being more dependent on an external factor because they actually now felt that it was someone else's responsibility to make sure that they had money and had everything, and someone else should meet their needs as opposed to figuring out solutions as to how they could solve their own problems, given resources. So it was quite damaging in so many different ways. Um, and you know, Tom Shoes, the founder of Tom Shoes is extremely successful. The company sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, but in terms of the impact that Tom Shoes made, it was very, very minuscule. Um, and you know, since then they've since like rechanged their approach and they've rebranded the model and it's no longer one for one. It's like a different, more effective approach. And it'll be interesting to see what the results of that are after 10 years as well. Um, but it's just another case of, you know, people buying into this concept. And there's loads of different cases. For example, there's one of the, the play pump, for example. I don't know if you're familiar with the play pump, um, but there was this concept that was really propelled forward it got tons of press, tons of PR, celebrities were involved, raised millions of dollars. And the idea was that in rural parts of Africa, they would build this uh, merry-go-round type of pump that would pump water. Um, and it was super fun concept, very gimmicky, raised a lot of attention, raised millions of dollars. 
um, and it was not a good solution for locals. It turns out kids got very tired playing on this merry-go-round um, and it was actually the women who had to end up pushing the merry-go-round to pump water. It became very taxing, it was very expensive to maintain and in actual fact there was a, an older version, a simple hand pump that was way more effective for locals, the recipients of that device. So again, loads of millions of dollars raised, um, great concept, very gimmicky, but in terms of effectiveness, not so great. Um, and that's why it's important to look at solutions where there's evidence involved. Um, you know, it's very difficult to solve um, complex problems. Um, it's just like startups, loads of startups start out trying to solve a very complex problem. Um, they might raise a ton of VC money, but you know, complex problems, need complex solutions and sometimes you can't always get it right you know there's loads of startups that have the right intention but they just can't get it right and i think it's important that we look at charities through the exact same lens um when thinking about where we should give money to whether it be a charity or a foundation you know it's a very complex problem trying to solve poverty in the world it's a very complex problem trying to solve clean water for everyone in the world um but we need to start looking at data and have evidence uh, to prove that these solutions will work long-term um, and people need to be open to doing that work and, and doing that level of due diligence. Great insight, Phil. Thank you so much for that. Really, really insightful. So with all that being said, you know, what's your take on how businesses should think about giving moving forward? I mean, going into 2021, coming off of a pretty crappy year by most yeah. times, um, folks, figuring out a lot of stuff, right? Um, giving might suffer a little bit based on some of the near-term pressures, et cetera. But what, what's your advice to leaders who actually care, who are passionate, who want to figure this out and want to do this right through their businesses? Yeah, I think it's a, um, you know, it's, it's just going back to like, I guess what we said initially about being super intentional about their giving. Um, and if, they do decide that actually we do want to support, you know, first responders when it came to COVID, um, or we want to focus on pandemic preparedness or, you know, existential risk as a cause area, as an organization. So if this, if this does happen again in the next 50 years, that the world is a lot more prepared, um, you know, be intentional, treat your philanthropy as you would treat any other business case. Um, you know, it's, it's the same thing when, you know, if we use the example of like diversity and inclusion, you know, everybody plays a lot of lip service to DNI and they want to do the right thing. But are you treating DNI as a true KPI or OKR of your organization? Um, what are the outcomes? What are we looking for here? Um, who's going to be managing this process? Uh, I think if organizations want to get involved in philanthropy, they just need to look at it more aggressively, um, be a bit more intentional. Um, and, you know, think about it as they were going to hire their next COO, you know, would you just take that decision lightly? Are you just going to read one or two articles and then, you know, hire the next person who walks through the door? No, and you should not do that with, it, with company money at all. So it's about being intentional, um, doing the right due diligence on a cause area or a charity. If you're going to partner with that charity, look for outcomes evidence of the impact that that charity is making and then make a decision based on that data. So my understanding is that you guys are doing something at Founders Pledge around getting people more connected to what's going on. I think the keyword might be podcast there. 
Can you tell us what you've been working on personally uh, around that and the, uh, the early signs of success there perhaps? Yeah, so I mean, we, you know, as an organization, are always thinking about how can we reach more entrepreneurs? How can we reach more of our um, ideal target? Um, and so the podcast was kind of like an internal idea that had been kind of like bouncing around for some time. Um, I'm very much into my podcasting as, you know, me and you nerded out earlier about, <laughs> um, and you know, the idea of building a community within our community and then building a podcast was quite interesting and was something I, I kind of threw out there. Um, and it just was something that the organization has never done before. Um, and it's become a really kind of like, you know, it's become a, a very great project that many people are involved in and it's allowed people from other parts of the organization who may not necessarily face off regularly or work together have come together to to kind of work on putting this podcast together um, so we've had some amazing guests on the show you know our first show was with a guy called mike nole um, who is a founder um successful founder he he started app nexus which sold to at&t for yes yeah he's like a huge huge company um and he's now kind of dedicated a lot of his time on his nonprofit, which focuses on, um, you know, mental health, happiness. Um, so he does a lot of work in that space. Um, he works with a recommended charity that we recommend, Action for Happiness. Um, we had him on the show talking about his founder journey, talking about his philanthropic journey, um, and how he kind of came to focus on where he is today. So it's become a really fun project, you know, great content. Um, it's growing uh, weekly. Uh, we're getting a ton of listeners um, and it's a show that I think will be around for a long time. And as the time goes on, we'll be getting more interesting founders talking about their philanthropy and, and how they're doing good with their, in some cases, newfound wealth. Awesome. Yeah, I would have to link that up. What's the, what's the name of the show again? It's called How I Give. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, and I know, um, like you said, we've 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 had a chance to nerd out on on podcasts. Just just quickly, um, what are let's say top three podcasts for you that you uh, enjoy consuming? Uh, so top one would be How I Give, honest pledge, of course. Uh, How I Built This, so mm-hmm. Guy Rossi, yeah, uh, and then you know, my own show is quite good. Uh, Startup Hand Me Downs. Uh, so again, interviewing successful founders, entrepreneurs, investors, and getting their stories. Um, and then I guess the fourth one, bonus one, is a very obscure one, which I told you about, is Law, L-O-R-E, storytelling on folklore, which is very bizarre, but it's, it's a good listen. <laughs> That's awesome. And for the record, my favorite podcast is still Seeking Wisdom with the one and only David Cancel. And I also, as I mentioned to you, I'm really into Finding Mastery with Michael Gervais, just mm. getting into that idea of, you know, mastery of craft as well as mastery of self and talking to people who have really dedicated themselves to that. If I could be, um, you know, a percent of what Michael Gervais is in terms of asking people questions to get interesting nuggets out, I'd be very pleased. He is, uh, he is awesome. There's just so much out there with podcasting, right? And I think that the point it brings up for me is actually we all have a job to do around getting our audiences engaged, right? Like that's the thing that we have in common. It has been talked about as getting attention from your audience. It can be talked about as creating connection with your audience, but ultimately no matter what it is that we're doing, our job is to engage an audience. And it feels to me like with what you're doing with how I give, um, that is that format 
uh, podcast and how you're doing that seems to be one of the better ways to maybe engage your audience and attract yeah. new folks into it. Are you seeing some signs of that or am I just making this stuff up? I mean, no, that's definitely the, the goal, right? And I think, you know, even whether it's our organization or any organization, it's about giving your brand an identity. Um, and I think podcasting is a great way literally to give your brand a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's a great way to also foster communities, uh, to have people think about your organization in a different way, as opposed to just this thing they see online. It's like this company has a personality, um, but definitely it's a way to connect with other successful entrepreneurs, um, people who are thinking about philanthropy, uh, people who may have already sold a company and, you know, they like our philosophy. Um, it's just a really strong way to build a community and, and, and get our message out there and encourage people to think about philanthropy, whether it's with us or just to do something in general. Yeah. And like you said, right, started maybe thinking about this as an internal thing. I think that might be lost on companies sometimes, the impact that it can have on internal connection, just as much as external connection. When a company puts together or creates, builds a podcast, it isn't about mass reach and going as wide as possible. It's actually about creating connection with the people that you want to create connection with. And that starts internally and then it expands, right? So catering to actual like people who are part of the mission, I think is such an awesome opportunity to create more connection. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Um, so one other thing that I know you're thinking about a lot is how all of this is trending more at a, um, at a higher level with generations and with culture, et cetera. What's your take on where it's all headed? What are we looking at, you know, over the next few years? What are some of the things in culture that's affecting how giving is going to evolve um, in the near future? Yeah, I think it's, I think, in, I think as time goes on, it's going to become more embedded in to organizations like pitch to how they recruit. Um, you know, millennials care a lot about what their organization does. You know, it's no longer about, I want to work for the biggest organization in the world that's hoarding billions. It's where does this company's billions come from and what are they doing with it? Um, and like we mentioned before, you know, the things like more organizations becoming B corporations, you know, we're seeing an emergence of B corporations, B corps coming up. Um, And then, you know, millennials are starting to care and Gen Z who are, you know, now going to be the next generation care even more about the world they live in and the companies they work for and the brands they back. They've become very, very conscious of that. Um, And organizations are going to need to do something to make sure they're attracting the best talent. And if the best talent care about climate change, for example, then, you better have a climate change initiative um, and it better, it better be a real one as well. Um, so I think as time goes on, organizations are going to understand that Gen Z and millennials want to work for organizations that are, stand for more than just money. And I think it, once we look at, even if we look at on the global scale, you know, we're looking at things like ESGs, um, so environmental, social and corporate governance, which is now an initiative which is being pushed by the financial markets for investing in a better world. So how can organizations continue to make profit whilst doing good? Um, and it's still quite early. Um, you know, it's not, a, it's, not a, um, it's not a straight directive that organizations have to follow, but it has gained a lot of traction um, from, you know, Fortune 500 companies. Uh, the banks are starting to take it a lot more seriously. Fund managers are starting to take this more seriously as an asset class. Um, and 
how ESGs will soon make more returns than traditional forms of business. So we are seeing a change as time goes on. It's very early, but I think, you know, maybe 15, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you know, giving philanthropy and caring about the world will become synonymous with making profits and, and hiring the best talent. On that note, my man, uh, <laughs> so much. That's, that's brilliant. Good inspiration for all of us, really. And thank you so much for, for sharing great insights and love your attitude and what you guys are doing with Founders Pledge. So thanks so much. How can people uh, find you and stay in touch with you? Yeah, totally. So um, if you're uh, an entrepreneur, you know, maybe you've done a Series A, Series B, um, and you'd like to learn more about Founders Pledge and how you can get involved, um, you can email me directly. That's philip, P-H-I-L-I-P, one L, at founderspledge.com. Um, or you can go into our website if you're keen to learn more about our research and how we go about thinking about which charities we pick. Um, if you just go to founderspledge.com, you can also find out more information about what we do and how we do it. Linking that up. Thank you, man. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, all the best. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. It's my sincere hope you found something you can apply towards greater connection in your work life. If so, an honest review would certainly be welcomed. Reboot for Connection is brought to you by ScreenCloud. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we'd be honored if you subscribe to this one. You may also email us at reboot at screencloud.com with any reactions or ideas you might have for us. Hope to catch you again next time.